All right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Bourbon Showdown podcast. My name is Jesse Jones, and today we have an amazing episode for you guys. We have Michael Palladini and Danny Polisi from Penelope Bourbon, and these guys are entrepreneurs in the truest sense of the word. They have come out of the garden state and they have brought with them some delicious juice. They are creating the Penelope bourbon brand and they've only been around a little bit, but they've already made such an impact on this market. Everywhere you go, people are drinking Penelope bourbon. So we welcome them to the show and they really were just so much fun to talk to. Uh, the, the three of us, it's a fun time, guys. We, we crack each other up. It is a, a full episode of us just shooting the shit having a good time they're great guys and it's awesome to see good people having good things uh happen for them and it's it's not by coincidence they've worked their asses off to make this happen and they really were just awesome guys to talk to so penelope bourbon is who we have on the show it's i'm not even gonna i'm not gonna spend much time up top because this conversation we go through it man they're new jersey new york guys i was a new york guy so we just shoot the shit we go through some road stories we just uh and then we do a sampling of some of their delicious penelope bourbon which on that note they do have a new barrel strength bourbon coming out at the end of march at the beginning of april so please be on the lookout for that it's going to be amazing uh if you see it pick it up because it won't last for long so without further ado i'm not going to go long Uh, if you would please go hit subscribe go leave us a comment go find us on instagram all of the things we want to thank will jones for providing the music for every episode that you hear Uh, my name's jesse jones this is the bourbon showdown podcast it's penelope bourbon everybody let's get this thing started all right now So people know who we're talking to. We've got Mike Palladini and Danny Polize. Am I saying that right? Yeah, Polisi. Polisi. Okay. Uh, the, the jersey coming out right there. Polisi. Polisi. <laughs> uh, right. Out of New Jersey. And uh, you guys started Penelope Bourbon. We did. We did. We kind of refer to it as the Garden State, though. Of it has course. a nice little, I don't know, New Jersey sounds so brass we like to say well it's the garden state and we right. always like to say it with a softer tone now it sounds organic <laughs> sounds organic and you yeah. think like broccoli and lettuce and tomatoes and yep ah, we got the turnpike in the parkway <laughs> yep. uh, new jersey people think of like sea town grocery <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. garden city people are thinking whole foods <laughs> whole foods yeah <laughs> Publix. Right. Trader Joe's. A little bit of Trader Joe's. (laughs) Put those enchiladas in the microwave for three minutes and you've got some delicious, delicious salsa Rita burritos. (laughs) By the way, Trader Joe's has a delicious, uh, we had it, it's like a stir fry, a frozen stir fry. The best. Nice little plug for for Trader Joe's. Completely. Uh, uh, Trader Joe's has... I get hooked on things and then you eat them every day for like a month and then you can't look at them again for three years. They've got a handful of tequila items where you can do it until it makes you sick. And then you're like, I can never, I can never do frozen chicken, chicken marsala ever again. Exactly. <laughs> like I'm good on the frozen marsala. For yeah, I can't do it anymore. I can't do it anymore. Yeah. I, 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 I know what you mean. Totally. Yeah. Uh, that, that's been my, one of my favorite parts about bourbon too. Like I have yet to 
even come close to getting full of bourbon. Like, ah. you know how you'll go through phases and maybe you were a vodka guy for a minute or maybe you were a tequila guy till you threw up at your sister's wedding. And <laughs> now bourbon, you're just like, this is, I can, you can find something to appreciate in every sip, whether it be the, the, 12 year old the two-year-old the four-year-old the eight-year-old there's something when it's crafted well that you can find to enjoy out of all of it yeah you know, sure. I, I, I agree. it's almost like pizza oh very much so you never I can, know what's, i can no see that not gonna, you're always gonna pizza's always gonna be in the repertoire it's never gonna be that frozen marsala where you got to take a break from it for a decade <laughs> that's I right i think um yeah i think you like it's especially once you know once especially for danny and i were so ingrained in it and as we even even honing in on just our kind of core flavor profile um you start picking out just subtle notes barrel from different barrels to different to different grains to different mash bills and it's uh I haven't gotten sick of it yet, so I guess that's a good thing. Not at all. It keeps you keeps you thinking, keeps you on your toes, and just yeah. there's so many endless variables to like chase after. Totally. Well, uh, let's let's. How did you guys get started? Let's 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 get down to it. What led you to whiskey? Well, we did, we were next door neighbors. We uh, am you know growing up in New Jersey, and we uh, we both love bourbon. I mean, that was kind of our you know we were neighbors and we, we hung out. We all have we still have a lot of good close mutual friends that we all hang out with. But um, you know, we just love bourbon. And you know, when my wife and I we were you know trying to have kids for a little while, and that was you know kind of a process. And uh, yeah, when we found out, we always said if we were going to have a girl, we name her Penelope. And Beautiful name. I, yeah, at the time, I, I mean, when we found out, you know, it's that kind of that, it was really the, you know, like a, like a weight lifted off your back. A lot of stress is kind of a move. And I, I don't know what it was, maybe just like fresh thinking. I remember kind of reaching out to Danny and he was like, look, I got this idea. It's, you know, and maybe because I was having a girl, I was just like kind of all these, mix, these emotions going through my mind. And uh, we just had uh, kind of come up, I had mentioned, you know, the name Penelope Bourbon. And in part, we both love bourbon, but really in part, I think the starting off point was that it was just different in terms of the name. Um, right, right. It, there's no gun, dip, Velcro going on. It's just Penelope bourbon. <laughs> in that soft Trader Joe's voice you did before. <laughs> from the Garden State. Penelope bourbon coming to you from the Garden State of New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Exactly. You can do our ads. <laughs> Well, and also we felt that they're, you know, and it's, it's, uh, you know, it's generally been a ma like a male kind of dominated, you know, brand, you know, marketing sector, I guess you could call it, if that makes any sense. And I don't know, we just said, look, we're not like out to, to, we want to just go out and make a great bourbon that, you know, everyone could enjoy. And I think that's what makes you guys stand out on the shelf. Like you see block letters, a uh, big, in your face like uh blah blah bourbon it's always <laughs> it's like screaming at you and then you guys you've got this beautiful bottle you've got a wonderful logo and it, it is it's just it's it's catches the eye when everything looks the same nothing looks uh, everything blends together so you guys stand out on the shelf uh with like a, a elevated almost like a like a higher end uh look and feel to your brand 
Yeah, no, we appreciate it. And truthfully, in the beginning, we were, because we were, you know, we still are, we we're bootstrapping this business. And, you know, we didn't have money to go get like an agency to go help us design it. So our first iteration of our label was like, look, just like, let's just put a big P on the label. So if it's sitting on a bar shelf, you'll be like, yeah, can I get that P? You know, like, <laughs> Super, super. So make it super simple because we didn't want to pay an agency at the time. We we're like, we can't we yep, didn't have yep. money for that. And we said, just, you know, go on Microsoft Word and just snag like Arial font 96. <laughs> and, <it's full. laughs> yeah. and then it was and like, it, it was a big P. Yeah, we had peonies, yeah. Add peonies popping at the time. I said, just put a peony behind it. You know, give it a little, give it a little depth. <laughs> yeah, the P by itself was like too bland, and we're like, what should we put behind there? You know, it's too much white behind it. Like Mike's like, throw a peony behind there. <laughs> yeah, it's my wife's favorite flowers. So I just was like, peonies are in full bloom right now. Let's roll. <laughs> hey, it plays into the story as well. Uh, I, I, I was on the marketing side of things for a while and, and it is, it's very difficult. I, I remember working with clients and it would be like, we're two people deep right now. Um, our product doesn't come out until next year. We need a logo and we have no money coming in. What can you do? And, and those were always the most fun because you got to feel like you were a part of something launching when you worked with mm -hmm. clients like that. And, and, you know, yeah, I, my personal business anyway, I never, if you were a, company of a thousand, you got a different price than if you were a company of two. You know what I mean? I never uh, believed in taking advantage of somebody who was just getting started because the purpose of it was to help them get started, not to put them yeah. backwards. Which ultimately then could lead to more business if they start kind of getting the, the ball rolling and things start moving forward. Completely. I mean, you, you've got to see, look where the puck's going, not where the puck's at, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, for us, what was interesting too is so we had that design and, you know, at the time we were getting a lot of great feedback for it. I think we always had our thing, Danny and I had our issue, like we kind of had things that we always did want to change with it, but we we knew this was a marathon. Um, you know, we're not going to like, we we rather just continue to progress. And yeah, there it is. That's, I mean, that's the, the final product is, is freaking posh. See and that, and that, that's a slight iteration. I actually don't have the old one inside me. Yeah, so, it, and when we did, we actually, at, uh, pr uh, probably middle of last year, we were at a point where we could engage someone to help us with, give it a, a little bit of a professional touch. Uh, we were also introducing some new products, and we had said uh, we wanted to keep the aesthetics and the theme that we had. Right. We wanted to give it a little bit of an enhancement. Very good. Well, I think it came out great. And where were you Thank guys you. before you got into whiskey? Like, what were you doing? What was your nine to five before Penelope started? Danny, you want to go first? Yeah. I came from engineering. So uh, I also had a bar restaurant in New York City for a while. Um, so kind of had the, the liquor side back there. Then engineering, I just like to build things, design things, kind of create solutions from problems. Where so was your restaurant? Um 87th and 1st. What was it called? The East, the East End Bar and Grill. Okay. Uh, we, we When was it there? We, we used to live on the Upper East Side back in our 20s. Uh, it used to be Fiona's back in like early 2000s. <laughs> I, I, I remember Fiona's. I remember Fiona's. Oh, wow. Well, actually. Oh, well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Fiona's, there's a little story attached to Fiona's. Uh, my buddy, Ben, um, 
we, we nicknamed him Bubba, not because uh, we're from the South, but because when he would talk to girls in college, he would get nervous and stutter. So all of your good nicknames always come from the thing that embarrasses you the most. Uh, only UFC guys get to pick their nicknames or else it would be, you know, um, Randy pees his bed when he drinks Jaeger couture. Um, so Ben became Bubba. And Bubba would come up for what we would call Bubba Palooza. And um, we would, that was one of the places that we, I had a friend that lived on 86th and Lex or 86th and 3rd. So when we would all get in that area, we would end up there late night. And uh, every time Bubba oh, yeah. Palooza would roll into town, that's one of the places that we would go. Just because <laughs> oh, it, was, it was walking distance to uh, my buddy Swilling's apartment, who was sort of like our central meeting place. Wow, that's a small world. Yeah, that's a small freaking world. (laughs) I lived probably twenty-five miles from the Upper East Side, and that was our college destination. I mean, how many bars up and down? First, second, Lex. Oh my god! I have not been up back there in man probably ten years. Nope. Uh, As soon as the liver quit, quit wanting to keep up with that uh, with the escapades. There used to be that place. It was, uh, I think it was like either 100 or 99th and um, no, 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 maybe 91st or 92nd and 1st Avenue. It was one of those just balls to the wall kind of places. Uh, we, we, we lived there. I knew one of the owners and they would have these crazy, like uh, St. Patty's Day. It would just, <laughs> you know, oh, St. Oh, Patty's yeah. Day in New York, mm-hmm. it, it, it would go freaking nuts. They would have a leprechaun. <laughs> the leprechaun would be throwing up in a trash can taller than he was by the end of the night. It was, it was majestic What is what it was. Uh, so yeah, oh, that's, God. that's awesome. And what a small world. And so then that got your toe in that tipped your toe in and that got you into wanting to make whiskey. I mean, I always had an interest in liquor. I mean, from bartending to the restaurant, you know, and then the engineering side, just like making stuff. So it all just kind of came together. Perfect. And like, like Mike said, like by, by the time Mike gave me a call, you know, he was like full on out. He LLC'd the business. He already was, light years ahead in his in his mind of what he wanted to do and and he told me the idea and he's like do you want to go to uh do you want to go to mgp and this distillery mgp and and like taste through a bunch of whiskey and come up with a blend i was like yeah yes, absolutely <laughs> sign me up <laughs> and that's at the time awesome. we didn't even know like we didn't even know it was gonna be a blend we were like hey let's just go i got like a yeah, plus true. one to go drink a lot of whiskey at a cool distillery let's roll (laughs) that's awesome that's awesome so so the idea came from uh your you you guys got pregnant and um i've been down south too long that just came out with like more vowel sound than it needed pregnant (laughs) (laughs) y'all got a little y'all got a little pregnant or we say say down here you done knocked her up um (laughs) this is going to be the episode where if you're listening at home every time a different dialect comes out you have to take a drink of bourbon that'll be the game that we play the penelope (laughs) drinking game on this episode uh and i i I completely get that because a lot of things shift in your brain when when you finally get pregnant uh everything that was fun in games up until that point turns into shit I have to start making some plays. I have to start making some long-term decisions. And because this is now not just going to affect me, it's going to affect everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 529s are not uh, like a, it's not a street number, you know, it's so start understanding like, oh, I have to start saving for someone's college education 20 years from now. Oh, is that you know, not terrifying? 
even now, even still, like uh, uh, I'll wake up late at night, and be like, "Oh God, I gotta go, let's go!" Like, like <laughs> it, it, it's it's they better be smart, man. They better be yeah. really freaking smart. I'm ingraining that in them early. Uh, or good uh, athletes, good athletes, smart brains, strippers, gonna have to be something. <laughs> Actually, you just have to be good. Just be the best. You gotta you gotta get all that. You have to do all that. <laughs> yep, be the best at all of it. Throw a touchdown, <laughs> then go shake your ass. It doesn't matter as long as it pays the bills. <laughs> oh god, that's funny. Uh, so, where, what were you doing before the, before she got pregnant and before you guys made this decision to launch the whiskey business? I, you know, I have I've always had kind of that entrepreneurial kind of mindset. Kind of, um, you know, from my end, I had uh, my brother and I had started this online mattress company uh, before. Um, it's called it's called Bear Mattress. He he runs that currently. Nice. Uh, and and when we had when I was setting up that business, I was probably in 2015. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know how to manufacture a bed. <laughs> right, right. You know, I don't know anything about manufacturing beds, but I knew about the bedding business. Um, and, you know, I think part of it was when you, it was really you're, you're kind of setting up a supply chain. So you're, you know, you're, you're lo- looking at different phone providers. You're looking at, you know, just various things, boxes, uh, right. logistics, uh, fabric, all that good stuff. So you're really setting up a supply chain and creating a product and, you know, you know, and it's really a direct to consumer online only bed. And I think with the bourbon, I think it just, one of the things I realized, and and we had, a, and this is kind of going back even before the mattresses, you know, I worked at a lot of various tech startups out in San Francisco and, you know, you just kind of work in different industries. It doesn't matter if you have any background in it. You're like, oh, we'll figure it out. You have always had that kind of mindset. And so I think just kind of at, at my, this point in my life, I was like, I don't know anything about bourbon. I don't know anybody in the, we don't know anybody in the industry, like literally zero contacts. Um, and I just was like, who cares? Like, let's, let's do go. It. We, and we had, we had the, we, and I think, you know, we had a good foundation for the team with Danny and I, you know, my wife's involved, Carrie, and, you know, you know, I think we just had that good formula that we'll figure it out as we go. Totally. And the beauty of this industry is if you're willing to listen, there's somebody willing to teach. Yeah. I, we, I, we, we are consistently picking people. Like we had a call with a distillery two days ago, a well-known one outside of Louisville and just want to pick their brain. And they're willing to give you that information. It, it, it's, it's an industry that wants you to succeed. It, they I don't agree. look at you as competition. They look at you as somebody doing something new that could help the industry grow. And yep. by all means, if you're, if you're willing to give me a minute of your time, I'll totally tell you how I do it. It's an it interesting, had, that's a really interesting point. I've yeah. never viewed another whiskey brand as a competitor. And I don't know if like, and that's just personally, I guess, and to the, and I, but genuinely, that's a really interesting comment. I never thought about it like that because even thinking about what, like even the conversations that we've had with other folks in it, they, I know they don't view it like that either. Right. Right. It is, you know, I kind of view more like I'm trying to get, like, I look at more like wine and some of these other segments like tequila, like how do we get those consumers into the whiskey segment, whether they're drinking Penelope or not, that's, that's kind of where I view the competition is on uh, Different not spirits. Whiskey, but within other spirits or, or even totally. beer. Well, I think it goes back to the history of, of whiskey and bourbon specifically where there have been dark days uh, nationally. Of course, all spirits took a hit during prohibition, but then when the wind turned and everybody was drinking vodka and gin and bourbon became passe and out of fashion, that, that was, mm-hmm. I think that's why the community is so strong because those the brands that were around at that time had to band together and it had to be 
us against them. And I think that's what it is now. It's just a, a more pleasant version of us against them where the bourbon industry stands together. And it's, and it's not yeah. necessarily like Coke or Pepsi in bourbon. I feel like, you know, it's, right. there people are drinking Coke and Pepsi and, you know, so if somebody is creating a great bourbon, like we want them to grow the, the industry and the, the sector with us, you know? Totally. Just don't pour Pepsi in it, please. <laughs> I remember when I worked in tech and, you know, if, say we PepsiCo was a customer or maybe it was like the Coca-Cola company, no matter what, when they were coming in, the whole office was tricked out whatever products that they, they had. Like everything, <laughs> all, all the Pepsi had to go out or all the, or vice versa. It was a very, very competitive, usually in CPG, like in these consumer product segments, it's so highly competitive. Even so in the toy industry, in the mattress industry, like mm. the mattresses is so competitive against each other. But it's weird with whiskey. It doesn't feel like that. And I don't like just by what we've seen and what we've been interacting with. It's not. I've never seen another industry like it. Uh, comedy is the closest I can think that is like it only in that you yeah. want your friends to succeed. Uh, the best compliment you can get is when you pop the boys in the back. And I think whiskey is probably very similar. If another distiller calls you and said, Hey, I picked up a bottle of Penelope. This is some good juice. That is the best. That's that's, that means a little bit more than the compliment from the person that bought a bottle and emailed you, they're both compliments and they both make you feel good, but there's something about knowing your peers are enjoying it. And comedy's the closest I can think because every other inter uh, industry, like you just said, even toys, have you ever watched any <laughs> of those documentaries on like GI Joe versus He-Man? Like they hated each other. <laughs> the, the toys that made us, just imagine some dude, he's talking about how great He-Man was. And then he turns around, he's like, you know what? Fuck G.I. Joe. Like, hey, <laughs> hey, easy. And that's then, my and, that's my childhood, buddy. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, Tickle Me Elmo just comes in and beats the shit out of all of them. Yeah, yeah, he comes in with a chair. <laughs> WWE superstars in the background going, give me back yeah. my chair, bro. <laughs> Tickle, oh, God, that's funny. That's so, a good point, though, about comedy, though. You're right. It's it's just a weird dynamic. And, and, and so far, uh, if I'm keeping tabs, this episode's been brought to you by Trader Joe's, Coca-Cola, <laughs> Pepsi-Cola. And of course, bear mattress. Best way <laughs> to get a great night's sleep. And tickle me Elmo. <laughs> and tickle me Elmo. Grab tickle me Elmo while drinking a Coca Cola. Oh, that's good. It'll it'll, it'll, it'll tickle your fancy. <laughs> Gross. Uh, so that's awesome. Uh, you guys organically came into it. That's my favorite kind of story. Is is when you're looking for something that that makes you feel right and you find it and you succeed at it i mean that's like the american dream right there yeah and i know i think we have a long ways to go we're still we're still new and we're still figuring it out as we we go we you know that we don't know everything and we never claim to to know everything at all i think for us it was uh especially in the beginning i think one of the most helpful things was not I, I do still believe that not having any background was probably our the silver lining to what kind of got us going in a good direction because we didn't overcomplicate it. Like right. even now thinking about new products and blends, I mean, you dig into every, you're like just thinking about so much that you know and have created. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I'm sure if you kind of formulate that information meaningful and it'll help. However, in the beginning we were like, let's just go. And we took such a consumer centric approach to our profile. Like, you like it? Like, right, does it right. taste good? Like real like, basic good. things like that and made a big difference. I think that's, that was the starting off point where at least we 
you know, we liked it. So we were passionate about it. And then let's, if we like it, we could sell it. That's amazing. And then, then that's, that's right too, because uh, this thing goes exactly the way you want to. And, you know, it could be, you, you, you're, you're good. <laughs> and, it, and it's tricky. And the other thing we knew, I think we knew that it was just going to be a slippery slope. Uh, like did the corks fit in the bottle? Will the labels, like oh, we knew Lord. there was going to be a tremendous amount of issues. So, you know, we, we just made a decision, like we're not going to go big out of the gate. Let's just start with a couple barrels and, figure out how to do this whole thing. Right. And, and we had issues in the beginning and we had issues in this in the batch too. And, you know, over time, as you're doing more, your runs get a little bit bigger uh, each time and you kind of improve on your process. And it so what you, to us was okay. What did you guys start at? From, like what, uh, from was, what, was, what was the first run? Like uh, six barrels. Six, six barrels? Yeah. Beautiful. And then from there, what did you do? You like... Um, so you, you, you put your first six barrels out and, and how did you, I, I, how am I, how to ask this? Like you, you go into it and you guys want to get started. Who did you reach out to? How did you, how did you research what you wanted to do? Because I, I, I love the idea of that. You wanted to be consumer facing. You wanted to find out, are we doing it right? Is this good? Who did you go to, to tell you that? Well, it's really the kind of like any, like how we would probably approach any, if it was, if I was trying to create a toy company or try to create a new toy, probably the same thing. It's, we started with MGP, had a great meeting. And then I'm like, do you happen to know a label person? What about a bother? <laughs> oh, 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 by the way, do you have like a cat person? Do you have someone that does caps? And I think it was, I mean, it's just the people are not, I mean, and it's a very small industry from us, like at least from the supply side, that like in that, that realm, it's actually very, very small. Um, and, and some of the, I mean, it was really just asking for introductions. Perfect. And, and I'll be honest with you, nobody's really steered us in the wrong directions. Almost every single one of the people from that first run are still our partners to this day. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. So, so, and I know you are, the makeup of your juice, you partnered with MGP. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just such a smart move right out of the gate because it gives you a foundation that is, and, and I think one of my favorite parts about you guys is that you, you, you own that. And I think it's beautiful that you do because it's, you got a, a brand name that everybody likes and you worked with them to make it your own. That's, I, I love it. I just think that's a great thing. Yeah, I, I, you know, we never, it never really crossed our mind. I think for us, we always wanted to like use, use, look at MGP and their mash bills as like building blocks um, to try to create, just at least have some variation through, 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 through blending some of their different mashes. And at the time, you know, Danny really gravitated towards their wheat uh, and corn bourbons, and I gravitated towards their higher rye bourbons. Okay. And so that's a, we kind of That's a nice just, balance right there with the, two, with the two of you. Yeah. And I just, uh, like, we were just like, we'll just put them all together, like trying different kind of ratios. And we found that that was a really nice kind of had a, we, it was, it was almost like a happy compromise in a way. Like I kind of got what I wanted. He kind of got what he wanted and everyone's happy. Um, but we liked the profile and, and, you know, looking back on it, like right out of the gate, trying to blend three different bourbon mash bills and dealing with all that. Um, even from the, how we talk about it was a little confusing for us. Some of right. like the, the nomenclature was like, if you look at some of our earlier sales sheets, they're like almost embarrassing at this point. Like, like it just made no sense because we didn't really understand how to articulate in a really meaningful way exactly what, what it was. What, what, what do you mean? Like us. you didn't know how to articulate 
what, what you were liking about what you were tasting or you didn't know how to articulate what you were needing from your supplier? No, more so on the set, like how we explain what Penelope bourbon is. So like now we ah. say we're a blend of three bourbon mash bills. I got you. I got and, you. You know, of those three bourbon mashes, you know, that's a, that's a four grain because malted barley's in there. So we, you know, we kind of have a talk track, a blend of three bourbon. In the, like in the beginning, we're like uniquely aged barrels separately and blended yeah. them. Like I'm telling you, if you, and even on some of our earlier press, we didn't, we just didn't know how to really message that in a way that like was clean and art- like just articulated. So even that took a long time because that's, you know, you're not in the industry. So you don't, we just didn't know that kind of that, that, that not jargon, but just that clean way of saying it. Totally. And it, you know, it comes with time uh, yeah. it, and, and the beauty of doing it with somebody that you've known for so long is that the two of you got to like learn it together. Like there, there was no awkward stage where like one knew more than the other. You both got to get your feet wet at the same time. There yeah. were a lot of, um, a lot of diagrams drawn, a lot of, a lot of flow diagrams. A lot, a lot of, of invisible maps. Yeah. I remember the invisible map. I'm like, you're going to go from here to here right. to here to here to here to here. It was like Minority Report. You guys were just like, okay, we're going to have this right here, and that's going to go over there. And that's going to play. Next thing you know, Colin Farrell is going to be here for no reason whatsoever, and we're all going to need to run. Yeah, and the cruise missile. And the cruise missile, yeah. That weird Lexus that was supposed to be like the, the, the bullet Lexus of the future that rolls up walls. Yeah. <laughs> That's still, though, that's know, one of those movies. If it comes on, I guess you've lost two hours of your day because you got to sit down and watch it. It's freaking Minority Report. I never <laughs> not watch it. You have to. It, it's it's just so, and, and I remember at the time, I thought that's one of Spielberg's, like, oh, the magic didn't hit here. I remember when I first saw it, I was like, oh, he missed it. He missed the mark. And then you're like, no, he didn't. You're, you're <laughs> no, 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 you it's missed awesome. the mark. You missed the it's mark awesome. as a viewer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. The other part uh, of the, this whole thing was the compliance side that we, I mean, oh it took God. a while to figure out, you know, we, like Mike said, like we, we didn't really have the money to just hire like these big lawyers that could like kind of lay out the big plan. So, you know, we're combing through everything and just trying to figure out what that process looked like and doing our own applications and all that stuff. Just a lot of reading, I'm guessing. Almost. Like, reading. I could say, tell you so many funny stories about it. So New Jersey is a, so you have to get your TTB, you have to get your permits with the federal government, but right. then where you're based, there's going to be state permits, right? Right. And usually your home state's going to be the primary one. And then as you go into new markets, it's like out of state sellers permits. So with those are a little bit easier. So in New Jersey, it's extremely long. It's extremely complicated. And I remember this, the, the lady that was reviewing our application. First of all, I think I sent her application in like 19 different emails. Like, oh, here's an attachment of this. And she, she was like, what am I looking at here? Like, this is great. They're used to attorneys coming in and it's all like basically on like a little folder. Here you go. Right. Um, New Jersey was a little bit of the wild west. It still is. But we... Um, yeah, what the nice thing about doing it ourselves is we still do that to our, we don't have a back off, like we do all of our permits in-house, which is actually pretty rare for a lot of companies. There's companies that handle all of your back office warehousing right, um, right. permits. We do all of that in-house. Wow. From warehousing to permits, everything. So you guys, when do you sleep? We don't. I was going to say that any, any new, any new venture though, you, you don't sleep. It's almost like having your kid. You, you don't sleep till like they're five. Yeah. Well, like wow. Mike and I, we like come back around at nighttime. It's like the only time that we can like actually talk about 
the day, you know, like the, you know, during the day we're, we're both going crazy. And then it's like, all right, the wife's go to bed. Like, and then it's like me and Mike up at night at like 11 o'clock talking for hours about right. the day and what we're doing next and like the future and all that stuff. It's almost like you have your 8 a.m. meeting at 11 p.m. <laughs> yeah. I, I know exactly what you mean. I, I know exactly what you mean because there are so many things that have to get done and a lot of them are repetitive in nature and you have to do them. And if you don't do them, you get behind. And then by the time it comes to thinking forward and getting to what has to happen next, it's 11 o'clock and you are doing it over the phone uh, while everybody else sleeps. I, I completely, I completely get that. Our wife's always like waking up and like, who are you on the phone with? Like, <laughs> who do you, who do you think? <laughs> Jake from State Farm. Jake right, from State Farm. Right. <laughs> that is, uh, you better be on the phone. You better be on the phone with Mike or Danny. If she catches you on the phone with anybody else uh, and you're, and you got, there's whiskey and not Danny on the other line. You're in some shit. <laughs> and then we both, we both had um, our first kids, I guess a couple months after uh, we started like Mike, you had Penelope. I remember it was like a week after we did our first bottling Penelope was actually born. Oh, wow. And then, uh, yeah, it's like outside the hospital and getting updates. Yeah. yeah right in. Hey, what's right, going right. on? <laughs> I'm like, Mike, shouldn't you, should you go? Like, she, she's almost like, it's coming out, isn't she? Like, <laughs> like yeah, I got another hour. He's like, I don't know. I, I think I got, I got another 15 hour. minutes. <laughs> hey, she's only uh, four inches. I think I'm good. <laughs> I remember when my daughter was born, it was, uh, my wife wasn't due for two more weeks. Again, the, the Southern, I, I, I've been down here too long, due. Uh, she she wasn't due for uh, two more weeks and I wasn't going to do shows like I was at this last night. I'm done. No more shows until the baby comes. So I make sure I'm home while she's being pregnant. And um, that night I thought I'd had the best night ever. I got to work with pops from Friday and uh, just like the coolest dude ever and hang out with him. And it's, it's just a phenomenal evening. Uh, I get home and very lucky I had not drank that night because as soon as my head hits the pillow at 3 a.m., boom, water breaks. Now we're on our way to the Upper West Side in the middle of a snowstorm in February of 2015. Oh my gosh, that's it, it was, crazy. It was insane. All of the oh stoplights were out. We lived in Astoria, Queens. So all of the stoplights were out between Queens and the Upper West Side. I end up going because I'm, I'm, I'm in a, I, there's a bunch of things going on in my brain at the same time. I end up going the wrong way down Columbus Circle. Like I, I go around. Oh my, it was terrifying because there's so much ice on the road. You can see two cars, the one on the road and the, and the one reflected in the street. And there's just people honking. I've got a pregnant lady talking about the baby's on its way. And I have to just Dukes of Hazard that shit around. <laughs> in the middle of Columbus Circle and and just Smokey and the Bandit it up yeah, to the yeah. And that's like a nice little circle where you could do like a peel out. Yeah. Like you got oh, the completely. smoke coming. Completely. And uh, it, it's probably the manliest circle, thing yeah. I ever did in the Ford Escape that I was driving at the time. <laughs> <laughs> you hit the emergency brake, you get a little like, you get the tires smoking. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Uh, we didn't even have to go to the doctor. I just slammed on the brake and the baby hit the windshield. <laughs> Yeah, it's cheaper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, save me a couple grand. 
<laughs> you didn't need a room. I just put the seat down in the back. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's good. That, that's one thing I miss about the city. You didn't buy cars because they were cool or because they looked amazing. You bought something that could get beat to hell in the city and you won't care about it. Oh yeah, yep. exactly. I had uh, like a these... 93 green Ford Explorer. <laughs> yep. Bought, yep. I, th- I actually think somebody just gave it to me. I was like, yep. Just, <laughs> yeah. Just give it to me. It starts good. I like the seats were ripped out. <laughs> That's how New York uh, does. It's it's like I'm gonna leave a car here unlocked. If you if you want it, uh, just just start paying the taxes on it. I guess exactly. It was like, <laughs> hey, I don't care if it doesn't start one day. I'll just leave it there. Yeah, pay it forward. The next guy that can get it going, that's his car now. Right. Uh, you, you know how all of the taxis are the Ford Escape, like the little yellow Ford Escapes. That's what I mine feel like every time like. I go to New York, it's they got like new cars. Uh, yeah, a different taxi. Yeah, there's a new they're thing. They're always upgrading. I, you, they're all, you know, I feel like they're always doing stuff. Uh, I, I, just from being in New York, I never thought Uber was going to take off just because the first time we used it, we were in Brooklyn, and there is no creepier feeling than it's 4 o'clock in the morning and there's some guy you don't know going, <laughs> yeah, I'm here for you. Get in the car. <laughs> get, get in the car. Like, I don't think you are. I think you're – I don't think – No. I, I think don't know knows how we're going to play this. And that's like right around the time the movie The Bone Collector came out. Right. And you're like, I've seen The Bone Collector. I don't know. I see something <laughs> dangling in the window. I don't know what's going on here. I don't know about this. What is, Where's what, Denzel what, what, when I need him? What is, what is that? Is that? Is that somebody in the trunk? Is that somebody in the trunk? <laughs> uh, so I, I'm, I'm on 14th. I, I love talking to people from up north because you guys actually um, will get register the landmarks I'm talking about. I'm at the corner of 14th and 3rd Avenue uh, driving home from Eastville Comedy Club, if I remember correctly. Or, or I think I had one of those nights where I was going from Eastville to New York Comedy Club over to the Creek in the Cave in Long Island City. And that's why hey, I was driving. You got driving. the KFC on the south yeah 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 yeah. the kfc was your um if you're drunk and you need to not be drunk that kfc would straighten (laughs) you up in a hurry um somebody gets in my car i I, i'm just i'm at the corner of 14 and third and all of a sudden the back door opens because my car was a piece of shit too and the doors didn't lock you you had to like kind of pray that nobody fell out while you were driving and some college kid gets in the back of my car and goes hey man you take to 42nd and 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 i i make a noise unbefitting of a grown man i just like 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 everything jumps up into my belly and i just start going i'm not a cop i'm not a cop and and the guy's like what i'm not a cop he's like oh and he argued with me like only a new yorker would argue with you about being in your car yeah not supposed to be but it's a ford escape but the like, light was on the light was on <laughs> right 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 right. That, that, that light's always on the, the the thing's broken it only turns off when the battery dies oh my gosh that's so funny i miss it i miss the city so much so uh, much energy you know oh it, it feeds you it, it, yeah. it, it it's living Everybody that said during the pandemic that New York was dead, everybody in New York could leave and New York would still be alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what were some of the struggles you guys faced once you got started? So you've got your, uh, you got the, the name, you've got your, uh, your blend, you've got a good juice. How 
did you get it to the masses? Like how, how were you guys marketing yourselves at the beginning? Well, in the beginning, I mean, I think we had, we had some struggles just on the supply chain side, like do the caps fit, you know, do, how's right, the, right. like the blending. And so, so there was some things around that, that we were knew that was going to be, you know, just take a little time to kind of sort through. Um, but really on the selling side, it was once we, I'll be honest with you, for the longest time, we weren't even thinking about selling because they were just like product supply chain compliance, product right. supply chain compliance. That's all that was mattering for, for a well over a year. That was it. You're trying to put this together and take, you know, our permits in New Jersey were, it's just going to be a year and a half process. That's how long it takes. Right. So finally, when we're getting down to the goal line here, we finally get our TTB permit. And then all of a sudden we're like, whoa, whoa, what, like, what's this whole three tier system? And wait, wait, there's states that like the government buys the liquor. Like, like what, it was such a, it's not just like, you know, you're not just going out at the corner and it's like, Hey, I got like, it's like a lemonade stand. It was like, you have to, it's a very complicated sales and distribution model in the liquor business and in the spirits industry. So and I don't you know. We had no yourself. idea. What's it, that? It, it, and you're learning all of it yourselves. Like you, di you didn't have a, a clerical department. Like you guys were doing it. That's right. And so we would call up. I remember. I remember calling the ABC because the license we ended up getting in New Jersey allowed us to sell it ourselves. So we had even tried. We. I mean, we had. A, you know, we tried talking to some distributors in New Jersey, but they didn't. You know, it, that didn't go anywhere in the beginning. It was in back in March, and we just said, "Dude, we got this." we can just sell it, you know, we'll make a better margin. Let's just go. And we got the warehouse and we have, you know, our cars, our delivery trucks. Oh, and I love so it. we went out and we, I mean, I'm talking just, it was like the best. I was just like, every time it would be impossible to drive anywhere because you know, when you're driving and you see us like a, like a liquor store, you're like, it's potential sale. I gotta go. I gotta go in there. <laughs> Mike it would take, like, if you're going, Sam was going like somewhere like 10 minutes away. It would take like three hours because every time you stop, you're like, I got to go in and at least give the guy, well, you know, I want to like do the, do the right, pitch. Right. And you don't realize how many liquor stores there actually are. And then you factor in bars and restaurants. I'm like, oh my God, you can just keep selling. You're going to go. It's like almost you go crazy. And uh, so we, but we started doing really well. And again, the product was nice and we focused in on just retail really to begin with, because it was, you know, we were like, we'll do in-store tastings and let's get people to try it. And, you know, Danny and I did a lot of those back like in the early get-go. Um, and then we would just, you know, and a lot of times they'd be like, yeah, I'll take a case. I'd be like, well, here you go. And put it right on the desk. <laughs> yeah. And they would just sign our QuickBooks and we call it a day and be like, all right, well, we'll come, come back on Friday and do a tasting. And then um, we had good, good, we were doing well. Like we, but then you know, you get to a point where you're like, I got to make deliveries. If anyone's familiar with New Jersey, it's like, I got to do deliveries like in Cape May. That's like for, I live at the Jersey shore. That's two and a half hours away. And then you're mm -hmm. like, Whoa, I got like all these deliveries in Sussex County. I mean, mm -hmm. New Jersey's not a big state, but even the top up north corner to the bottom southeast corner is going to be four hours round, like, you know, four hours one way if, you, if that's what you're doing. And so it just didn't, it just wasn't scalable. And at that time we, we got picked up by a distributor in New Jersey in September and kind of went from there. My wife was really happy because we used to leave the house and she'd be like, promise me there's no cases in the car that you have to deliver somewhere. <laughs> We couldn't yeah, go. Right. We couldn't even go to the grocery store without me being like, yeah, "I got to stop somewhere and uh, drop something <laughs> off." <laughs> yeah, we'd be like making deliveries on like Sunday. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking you out for a romantic anniversary dinner. We're also stopping by Joey Bishop's uh, liquor discount warehouse before we get there. <laughs> uh, 100, actually, 100. <laughs> yeah, that happened many times. 
Oh, it, 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 but you're, when you're passionate about it and it's the business, it, 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 you have to be that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will go away for a weekend and she'll be like, oh, this is great. Where are we going? I'm like, well, we're going here and you get me from morning until 7 p.m. <laughs> oh, yes. It's a work trip that I'm taking you on. Yes, that is that is what I'm treating you to. <laughs> you get to go to the Garden State Hilton and I get to work the whole time. Surprise! <laughs> but we're, we're out of the house. But we're out of the house. The kids are yeah. with my parents. Let's drink some yeah. Penelope bourbon and make some bad decisions. <laughs> oh, so that's funny. What was your guys' timeline like? When did all of this start till now? Uh, well, we we all seed the business in by basically uh, July 2018. Oh wow! We started. We got like our f- official permits. Uh, probably March, 2019, which is when we started just selling it from our car. Uh, Really, I view the start, like I view the official launch of our business was probably September, uh, 2019. Cause with that's when we went to like, we were kind of more on the the wholesaling side, meaning supplier, you sell it FOB to a distributor. And that's what, that's how the business really does operate. So September is when we started with distributors. And so 2020 was technically our first full year in business. Do you know how impressive that is that for we're, we're talking right now in 2021 and you guys started in 2019 and I heard about you by somebody telling me that your juice is good. I mean, that's, that's, that's astronomical right there. That's in, and plus 2020, you almost get a pass because it was like the worst year ever. So you guys have really done all of this in like a year. Yeah. That's, in, that's insane. <laughs> I thought, I mean, we were, ner- I mean, March, cause our entire business was like, we were doing so many in-store tastings. And when those stopped, we were like, we were nervous. We were like, like, we didn't know, nobody knew it. If people act like they knew, like you didn't know what was going to happen. They could have closed retail. Uh, they could have closed liquor stores which yeah, yeah. I don't know if that would have been a good idea. People would have went nuts. You know, it's like. Uh, there were two things that kept the world from actually ending last year. Liquor stores staying open and the internet staying up. Yep. If, if either of those two things had gone away, you would have seen mass hysteria. Yeah. Yeah. yeah look, I mean, you, I mean, I mean, imagine uh, we, it would like, look at what happened with toilet paper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, I think you have 470 rolls in your cart. I think you're good for just a little while. <laughs> oh man. Uh, uh, we've got, I don't, there's a Costco up there too. I, I, I keep thinking things are just like completely different up North. Um, I've been, it, it's so weird how once you're away from it, that the vision you, you just, do you guys have avocados? Um, <laughs> I remember Costco when the thing first broke, it, it, it looked like militia. There were like people there with um, billy clubs and 19 things of toilet paper in their cart. And it, it was just an anarchy. So I can yeah. only imagine if, if, the, if the same supply and demand breakdown had occurred on, on the booze. Yeah. Oh, man. You know, man, and I do think I credit a lot of it too. Look, I think if we, we've always embraced social um, social mm-hmm. media connects, whether you're in New Jersey to Europe, to Asia, you're, you're connected to people, um, that love bourbon. So there's a strong bourbon community that I didn't even, I mean, think about it from the mattresses. There's no like Facebook mattress groups. Right. And, and, and <laughs> like, if there are, they're gross. Yeah. They're like, they're not, they're not something I, I don't know what they're doing in there. So I don't really know, but there's, it's amazing. It's, it's amazing. What I didn't realize is the subculture of bourbon right, from right. Reddit to Facebook to Instagram. So there's, there's a very, very, there's a very quick path 
to connectivity very quickly. And you could do that at a very, like normally in old school days, if that didn't exist, you're like buying ads or buying print ads in a magazine, which are, we couldn't do that. You know, we're buying expensive Google ads. Like imagine buying a Google ad against like the word bourbon you're competing with like Diageo who has endless budget. So social media let us kind of control our own destiny, tell our story from a first person perspective and just be transparent. And, and build it grassroots style. Let exactly. people know what you're about. You said it at the very beginning, go straight to the consumer. Yeah. Treat it as if you're selling it direct to consumer um, and build that relationship. Like we always want and We love that. To this day, we still do that. Like we're, you know, we try to be engaged as much as possible. Although I do turn off notifications on my phone during the day because I get easily distracted. If I hear that okay. thing buzzing, I'm like, oh yep. my God. So and it's very easy off. just to stare at it. Like you got you, you to gotta put it down. It's Sometimes. No, I agree. So that, that's hole. been, uh, but it's been a big, that's been a big part of our strategy as just, just leveraging these, the, the power of these networks and, and all the people that are on them. So it's totally. been, it's a valuable tool for sure. And you guys have, have done very well with it. Started out of your car, then you got your distributors. Now you're going into other States. Uh, how many States are you in right now? Well, we have a few states that we actually are set up in, meaning we have permits, but we really just, those are used to process online orders. Right, um, so right. we do have a pretty good online business with like Flaviar and Mash and Grape and obviously Sealbox and, and, and folks like that. But um, so we do a lot of those clearing in California and Florida, which are important states because they get shipped to many, many states, which are important to have. Right. Um, but but from, a, from just a pure distributor perspective, we're in 10 states. Perfect. That's, that's huge though, for the amount of time you've been open that you're already in 10 States. I mean, you guys just must pound the pavement. Yeah. And it, I mean, that, I don't know. In the beginning we did, like it was, it was, it was really hard getting into our first distributor was very hard to, to crack. I mean, they're like, I think, yeah, starting in your home state, obviously that makes sense. And you're on the ground and you could do tastings. So I, but, but, you know, really get the hardest one was probably the second one that wasn't in, you know, that wasn't in market or the third one, like kind of like, and then now as we gotten, it's gotten a little bit bigger, I think we, we feel a lot more inbound on that front, but you know, we're kind of under the impression, like if we, if we, you know, get along with the, the, if we have a good feel with them, they're like, you know, they like we're cracking up, cracking jokes and they have a good whiskey portfolio and you could just, I don't know if you got a good vibe with them. We're like, let's roll. <laughs> totally. Uh, that's how I've always been. Uh, if, 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 if I like you, I like you. I don't care if, um, if, if we work together, if we hang out together, if anything, if I, if I get a good vibe from you, I, I'll give you the shirt off my back. You know what I mean? Exactly. And- We're the same exact way. Cause I do fundamentally think one thing that's that one thing, this industry is not different than many other industries is that it's a relationship based industry. Like, oh, completely. so if you're a good person, you're kind of, you're transparent, you're honest, but you're like, people like working with you and it's reciprocated. I think you're, you, you, you're much better off having success because it is a heavy relationship business. Like, but that's like every business. Totally, totally. And the, and the, the better you are at, at not only selling, cause selling's of course part of it, but the better you are at being human because I think a lot of times people let what they're trying to accomplish get in the way of who they are and the, and the humanity behind what they're doing. As soon as that robot thing turns on, I feel people just shut off. You, you yeah. see it on stage all the time. Like if, you, if you're not behind what you're doing, the crowd immediately can tell and that joke falls flat. 
And yep. the same with you guys. I, I, I've talked to not many, uh, uh, thank goodness. But, you know, you'll talk to the, the one person who's just like, this is what I'm doing. And you're like, oh, good, for, <laughs> good job. Good for you. <laughs> Uh, but that's been the beauty of doing the the showdown is just everybody I've had on. They love what they do and, and yeah. they've they've come into it organically or they've they've they knew that that's what they wanted to do. And they built towards that and accomplished it like like the success stories, I think, are the most Americana part of the bourbon industry is just the like you guys, two friends wanting to get into bourbon. You got into bourbon. You named it after your daughter. I mean, it's just, and, and now you're successful. It's just a wonderful story. No, no, we appreciate it. Thank you. And it's also nice too. I, I, you know, some of the back, like our backstory is pretty, pretty simple. Like, Oh, tell us about it. I just named that for my daughter. And it's like, <laughs> Crickets. <laughs> so moving no, I on. Think that, I think that's great. I think yeah. that's great. And and she'll she'll grow up knowing that the family business was built around her namesake. I, I think that's a beautiful thing. She may also grow up liking bourbon early on, so we got to keep an eye on that. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, my my son will already. Uh, he'll 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 be like, oh, I'm daddy. I'm drinking bourbon. <laughs> like I don't sound like that. Like, I'm drinking bourbon. <laughs> Uh, him and my wife, uh, he, he, this kid cracks me up him and my wife, uh, they were there. He's still at the age where the school's teaching little things like, like emotion and it's okay to be happy and it's okay to be sad and stuff like that. And, um, he comes home and he's like, we learned about insults today or something, something of that nature. And like, cause the purpose of it was how to, uh, comprehend an insult and not let it make you mad. And, um, so he came at my wife with something like, Hey mom, this dinner's not very good. Ha ha ha. And she came back hard and she goes, Oh, my name's Henry. I won't eat it unless it's Mac and cheese. And, and, and he didn't hesitate. He goes, Oh, my name's mom. Is it 4 PM time for my wine? Like, oh shit. Oh, Oh honey, honey, bow, bow out, bow yeah. out. He just, he just McGregor'd your ass. You're yeah. down in the second round. Yeah. It. That was he a big it. knockout. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it didn't help any that she was drinking wine while he said it. So I was like, oh, dude, honey, he just hit you with a chair, baby. You got to just just go sit in the corner for a minute. I'll tell you when he's done. I need to hang out in your house. It sounds interesting. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. My, my, my daughter, she is uh, it, it's a crazy dynamic because my son was he was born in New York. They were both born in New York, but we moved back down south six months after my daughter was born. So she's basically full on Southern and he's straight up New York. Cause I mean, he was raised in parks. You know what I mean? Like he, he, he didn't go outside. He went supervised to the park uh, yeah, yeah. And, and did not talk to anybody. Uh, I remember he's the reason I had to shave my mustache because he ran away from me in the park one day. <laughs> and to anybody that didn't know I was his dad, they just saw a dude with a mustache chasing a child. <laughs> And at that age, there's only one thing you can do to get him to stop running, which is I'll give you candy. I'll, I'll let you watch cartoons. Oh, man. And all you needed was like an Astro van then. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then they saw him climb into the back of a Ford Escape. Which <laughs> that had curtains, it has curtains on the windows. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Curtains on the windows because the windows don't roll up. <laughs> 
but so sorry, I could I could we could go on tangents all day long. You guys have sent me some delicious whiskey. Would you like to would you like to try it with me? That'd be great. Let's yeah. do it. Awesome. Now, first, you've sent me this uh, straight bourbon. It is four grain, 80 proof. What can you tell me about this guy? So this is our, uh, this is kind of our traditional four grain. We, uh, right here, um, you know, we wanted to, uh, you know, we wanted to make this a little bit different than what was out on the market. We wanted to make it a little bit lighter, easier sip kind of an easier sipper. Um, kind right. of a, it could be a Sessions bourbon, um, one that's great for sipping in the warm summer days, but really if you're new to bourbon, so if you're kind of just starting out on that journey, it's a nice kind of palate pleaser. Um, it's a, you know, just going for a really nice, well-balanced uh, pour uh, that's a little bit on the lighter side and, uh, you know, kind of come in at a more competitive price point. And, and for, for this particular one, um, the, uh, the mash bill is uh, about 75 corn, 15 wheat. So it's going to be a high corn, high wheat. I was going to uh, say, then, I can smell the sweetness on it. Yep, about seven and, and rye and three malt. Beautiful. The, mm-hmm. the sweet is coming across. It is light. It is airy. It's like almost like um, the floral is coming off of it very nicely. And yeah, you're getting that kind of like wheat floral kind of nose to it. Oh, it's, 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 it's very inviting. Like it's a, it's a clean nose. Uh, I love that the flavor, the smell is coming through. Like I just opened this right before we started talking and you immediately, you're not getting any of that heavy burn off the top of it. You're, you're getting all fragrance. Like it is all sweet. It is, you can get a hint of spice in there. I could definitely see how you mean this would be uh, if, if you're bringing somebody into bourbon for the first time, this would be a great one to start with. Yep. You know, it's an interesting thing too. I mean, you know, maybe not so much in the bourbon community, but this is a, we, we do view this as a different consumer um, than some of the other products we have. Oh, I can see that. I can see that. Uh, uh, I think you said it best a minute ago. I could totally see uh, summer day outside sipping this, I could see that being a, a playing a huge factor into enjoying. Yep, exactly. It's got a wonderful nose. This goes great with lemonade and a little muddled strawberry. Ooh, perfect. So in the summers, we call it the Nelly. Just muddle up a strawberry, put some nice lemonade in there and a little Penelope, and it's an amazing cocktail. Oh, I usually batch it up. We'll put it up in big batches. That sounds awesome. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do that oh, up, yeah. and then you'll see that all over. Oh, it's so good. Cheers, guys. Salute. Cheers. It's a great crowd pleaser, like to bring to a party because a lot of people can get around it, you know, and, and kind of appreciate it together. It doesn't like oh, only stick to one person. Like if you bring this to a house party. Cause you're gonna have people that don't really drink bourbon. You'll have some people that right. love bourbon. Usually what I hear from folks, this is always like the house party favorite. Right. Oh, I, I can see that. It's kind of like, you kind of, we kind of like sneak it in right in the middle, but it does. That's, that's what it is. And people will be like, Oh, okay. And we, we, you know, I got a lot of friends that were big vodka drinkers and guess what? Now they're drinking Penelope and ginger beer. Oh, it's, it's, it, I can totally see it. It's got a sweetness to it from the corn. That and then it balances out from the rye and the wheat. But like, oh, the wheat brings it a little creamy to it, and then the rye gives you a hint of spice. Yeah, just a hint. It is a, hint. a very smooth, very smooth sipper. 
Yeah, thanks, Jesse. And and by the way, this isn't we're not kind of done with this product yet. You know, we're, we're still young. So we didn't want to come out buying like we didn't we never said this is the final version of it. Totally. So we're, we're, we're thinking, uh, you know, this will probably peak the age where we're thinking probably will find it like be the, the end product, probably around four years old, all four year, which might round it out just a little bit. Um, we're even looking at the proof. We may increase the proof a little bit to give it a lit. Maybe that might actually make it smoother by increasing the proof a little bit. Mm-hmm. So we're, not, we're not done with this. We think this is a good working iteration of it. Um, but with this product, we're always meant to try to provide a consistent profile. Like when you go to buy right. Basil Hayden, kind of know what you're getting. Right, Same right. With this, you want to, we want to just make sure it's consistent, but we're not done with it yet. I think the age will continue to increase as we grow, um, as will the, um, as, as well, maybe the, the proof may change as well too. But nothing dramatic, just little subtle changes to make it better. Yeah, we just want to make it the best that it can be. And, you know, like we're exactly. exploring different barrel types to use for it and and all that. I mean, we talk about it all the time. Yeah. The, um, it, the drinkability of this though is absolutely amazing. I think you've captured like a nice sweetness in the flavor that is, I, I kind of like the 80 proof. I think for what you're bringing to people, this is a great start for their intro to whiskey. Yep. Uh, and the sweet notes, I, I, I can, I can picture it going with something uh, like you said, the lemonade and the strawberries that just, it, it, it would it's melt all, together. Very, I mean, I, I, it was so good that we were very close to canning it or creating like a, you know, a, a doing, a, drink. doing an RTD oh, totally. with it. Cause it's got a creamy finish that really lands it like the sweet at the top. And then the palate is very, very, uh, uh, your mouth really enjoys it. Like, yeah. like the, the, the palate is smooth. It is, it is, it hits the tongue. It, it goes to the back, then ends at the front. And then your finish, like it doesn't go away. Like you're still tasting something a minute or two later. It's, it's very nice. It's very well-balanced uh, bourbon. Oh, thank you. I mean, and part of it too, we didn't really know anybody. I mean, you know, putting an 80 proof out on the market being new is actually a, a new you know, this, this particular iteration is two to three years old, 80 proof. Um, but we, we have struck a chord. There are consumers and there's people that, that find it, that love it. The one thing I love about this, I will never, I mean, I could probably polish off that whole bottle. I'll never get a hangover from this. There's just not enough sugar in this right. to provide. Like if I drink barrel strength, I have two glasses. I'm going to feel a little groggy the next day. Of course. Of you, course. You can drink this up, <laughs> up all night long and you're never going to be hung over just because it is a lighter. There's less sugar in it from the lower ABV. Challenge accepted. <laughs> it's like drink, it's the- actually like drinking Gatorade. It actually is. A, we, we, um, I don't know how we got away with this, but we stuff it with electrolytes. <laughs> There's electrolytes in it. <laughs> Lots of electrolytes. It's actually it's actually Gatorade. It's it's, it's Penelope Gatorade. That's awesome. It's easy drinking. Like people, I hear a lot of people just be like, "Yeah, me and my buddy killed a bottle last night." Just like, what? You went through a whole bottle? Like, yes. It just drinks easy, you know. That's freaking beautiful. Where should we go next? Oh, which which other ones we have? I I I gotta remind me. Is there uh, which other ones we have? We have the barrel strength, and then we have the Tommy's Tavern. Okay, yeah, Tommy, why don't we go Tommy's Tavern? So this is an interesting, so you can see behind me, I've got, we did, uh, so one of the new products we've been working on was what we call Private Select, right? So Private Select is, you know, we built a, I mean, our, we actually, you know, for, we just opened up our in-house blending and bottling line. It's very small very kind of true to who we are, six, you know, a lot of, it's not, in, it's not efficient by any means. 
But the demand for single barrels is very large. Now, because we're a blend of three different bourbon mash bills, single barrel is not in our future, probably for at least four years, five years. So right. what we had this idea was to do like get, uh, let's get mash bills between four to five years old, same mash bills we're using on all of our products. So same four grains, but let's let some of our customers and folks that we know well, let's let them create their own blend of it. And so all of them, we did seven of them to start. We've got the product all lined up. You see the packaging. Um, However, so they were all barrel strength. And though we didn't even have any more of those left, I mean, except the ones behind me, but Tommy's is a, is a restaurant group in New Jersey. And that's, we wanted to do one private in this part of the beta last year was we wanted to do one at 95 proof. So this, this one is a 95 proof. Most of the private selects will be barrel strength, but um, this particular one you have is 95 proof. Um, in part, we did that because they're a restaurant. Okay, so, so walk me through. What am I going to get uh, from this? When when what 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 should I be what should I be on the lookout for? So you're gonna get a this is gonna have a high you're gonna get that high rye bourbon. Um, it's not a super high rye bourbon, but the the rye mash that we used in this blend has a has a very kind of a dominant you know profile. I think forward note body and finish, but I think the wheat and the corn really balance it out. So it does soften it up slightly. Beautiful. I get a little black cherry. I get a little, um, I don't even have one by me actually right now, uh, right there. But, uh, but I, I drink that one quite a bit. That's one of my more, that's a nice pour for me because I like the, if I'm not in the mood for maybe barrel strength, right? Like a 9,500, that's, that's, it's, it gives me what I need. Well, it's got a wonderful nose. It's got a very sweet nose. Like you're getting the same uh, aromatic that you got from the 80 proof, but you can tell there's a heft to it now. Like you can tell there's more weight. Mm -hmm. It's equally inviting. Like it does, there is no harsh nose to it. There's no bite to the top of it. You're getting sweet. You're getting creamy. You're getting everything you were getting from the 80 proof. It just feels like now it's going to uh, maybe shake your hand a little harder, if you know what I mean. Absolutely. Cheers, gentlemen. That is wonderful. Oh, yes. Like, it, it, oh, that is very, very good. And getting that rye. You see that rye kind of? Yep. Right at the beginning. Yep. Oh, I, uh, I'm a rye guy. Like, I'm going through a huge rye phase right now. So, the rye coming out of this is by far my favorite part of it immediately. And then the the second note you get is that sweetness on the tip of your tongue. Like the rye comes in heavy. And then at the end of it, you get a little bit of that sweet. It like softens it out just a bit. It's like a, like a, like a, like a creme brulee kind of creamy, crunchy sugar. Mm-hmm. And now with the barrel strength, you know, if you met that's so remember that's the only one that's 95 proof. So the barrel strength version of that, those those notes are going to be a little bit enhanced from the increased ABV. You promise? <laughs> Absolutely. And you'll that get, is, and this you'll is get your go-to. Like I I that, that it, it's usually I, I honestly I drink barrel strength probably the most. Um because I'm not like usually I'm having a glass at night, you know, I'm nothing crazy. So usually I go barrel strength. We're gonna try the barrel strength which I, I'm looking very much forward to. <laughs> this one's a little empty. <laughs> oh, wow. I think, I think yours, uh, my, don't worry, mine will look like that in a couple of days. Yeah, so this, I mean, the evolution of this product was 
we were making the 80. We, we made the 80 for our first two batches, right? And we were only selling the 80. And yeah. the, you know, we would blend the components at cast strength, right? At barrel strength. And right. we're dumping all this bourbon into a vat and we have it at cast strength. We have our blend at cast strength and we're pulling it out and we're tasting it. We're like, oh my God, this is so good. And I realized, you know, like we're starting to take, take home, you know, bottles of this 80 proof at cast strength and we're Mike and I are drinking it all the time, you know? So we're like, all right, you know, there's something there. They're like, there's a time of day where you want something higher proof, right? And there's a time where you want the 80 proof. Completely um, agree. There is something I, I, I go through phases uh, the same way I'm in a rye phase right now. The phase before rye was uh, 130 plus like, like that, that super spice, uh, that you get with some of the, some of the hotter right. boys. And this guy, he, he comes in at what? 125? 116. 116. So batch, batch nice. batch, it, it varies. So it'll be anywhere between like actually 115.5 to like one, I think 118 was our highest batch, but that's, it's soft for a barrel strength, you know? Oh, I was going to say, this is going to be my favorite. I can already tell it. It's got the immediate nose of your, uh, of your 95 proof. And you can tell that it's more pronounced in everything that comes with it. That rye comes out so much more as the proof goes oh. up. Oh man. It smells amazing. And you get the burn. I love uh, you. You get that burn on the nose from the a little bit of that ethanol where I just opened it. I, I I'm a, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of that actually. Uh, it releases the notes that that burn releases to me. It just makes me happy. And there's a little special note that comes out at at cast strength because your rye definitely comes through. The sweetness follows the rye. You've somehow managed to keep your aromatic, like your, your floral notes are still there. The blend itself is very floral. And then, of course, you're getting oak. It's, it's, it's really just something to like see when you have the components of the blend alone. The, the aromatics that come out when you blend those three mash bills together is just amazing. It, it smells delicious. Well, let's go in for a sip, okay. shall we? Salute. <laughs> that does not drink like 115, 116. I've seen many, many people get in trouble with that. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it is like candy. And I mean that in the most complimentary way. You've gotten, oh, and then the heat hits you second. Oh, that's good, Danny. You get that tingle on the side of your tongue on each side. It's just like saddlebag. Yep. <laughs> You've maintained the sweetness. Is uh, what, what's the corn on this one? What's what's the corn it's in the still mash? In the seventy percent range, you know, mm -hmm. depending on. Back. So you're getting your. You've maintained that sweetness of the corn, and then you've also got that wonderful spice of the rye coming through, and it's coming through intensified from the barrel. Oh man, uh, this one, this is the winner for me. All three have been good, and I could see a purpose and place for every one of them on someone's shelf but i think this guy right here for me is what i'm drinking tonight thank you so we're actually working on batch number six right now and uh there's a lot of a lot of pressure to kind of you know maintain or follow, yeah, suit. follow suit you know we want to make it the batch special you know we don't 
don't necessarily want to create the same blend in batch six. We want we want to take the barrels that we have and like make it special for that batch. And that's what we're working right, out now, right. you know? So yeah, it, I think we have a good set of barrels. We just pick them all and we're just, we're just going to taste through them over the next two weeks. Man, that is wonderful. Thanks. And the, the finish, it's been a minute and a half, two minutes. The finish is still showing itself. Like it's still creeping through. There it is. It just hit. There's that, there's that thing that all good bourbons do that I thoroughly enjoy in the finish, which is your, as it leaves you, your tongue wants more of it. So there's that end. You, you sort of salivate at the end of it where your, your, your mouth is like, I'm ready for more, please. <laughs> you get that orange zest a little. There's yep. like a little bit of this yep. orange that comes out, especially if you take a little drop of water and put it in there, it like even comes out even more. Well, that citrus hits you right on the tip of your tongue. Mm-hmm. I'm going for a little bit more. That is, that is, it's a, man, this is really good, Danny. Thanks. Yeah. So, we, but, so, well, you know, batch, the first batch we did of barrel strength was, it was a nightmare. It was so hot. It was just like fire. And we weren't getting, we weren't getting the rye that we wanted out of it, you know, so, Oh, no redeeming qualities. Uh, you know, it was just trial and error. And we, we were just figuring out what our processes were. Like we knew we liked what was happening, you know, in the, in the tank and uh, it just right. wasn't translating, you know? So what we started to do is we were breaking apart our barrel selections and, and really like saying this set of barrels is for barrel strength. This set of barrels is for 80 proof and dumping them separate gotcha. and, and like really like kind of analyzing each barrel on its own. It, it's it's extremely good. the The rye comes through so strong on the nose, and then when it hits you, it, it's almost like a one two punch because you get the rye and you get the sweetness from the corn. It is a well balanced blend, sir. It, it really is. Thank you. These uh these mash bills are unforgiving sometimes. So like it, you walk a really fine line trying to hit that really balanced blend. Now your engineering background, does it drive you crazy when things don't go like they should on paper? It drives me nuts. <laughs> I, I can only imagine. But you, you're, you, you and him combined, you and Mike combined are a wonderful uh, combo for producing whiskey <laughs> because without your engineering and without that attention to detail that you have, you could very easily get off track and end up somewhere too far off base from where you're trying to get. Yeah. We, we tend to bring each other back, you know, and level each other out. You know, like, I don't know. That's like, just kind of like a little in home. I mean, I, I have a lot of stuff at, at the warehouse. That's where I, where we do a lot of the blending, but you know, even at home, it's just a constant effort to continue. You know, you walk by it, you taste it. You're like, Oh yeah, that's not right. You know? So it has mm-hmm. to be around you all the time. And you know, him and I kind of work through these blends together and um, try to come up with some good stuff. <laughs> How did you grow your palate? Like, like, because I, I love that you guys came in the way that everybody that starts drinking bourbon comes in, just enjoying to drink it. So now that you're making it, how has your palate grown in terms of what you look for when you, when you take a sip? Um, like, I've, I've learned through this whole thing that the, you know, there's a difference between uh, 
like drinking and tasting. Um, so, you know, just I'm, uh, if I'm tasting through barrels, I'm looking for different things than if I'm drinking something, you know, like, right. Um, right. But personally, you know, I have just been able to kind of separate the grains that come across the palate a lot more since we started. Right. Like, like Mike said, like we, we just came in with like this enthusiast kind of approach and I knew I liked this brand. I knew I liked that brand. I wasn't sure exactly why I liked that brand. You know, we started looking into it. I really liked weeded bourbons and, you know, I, I really love uh, even like the corn bourbons, you know, um, Mike mm-hmm. was like heavy on the rye. So we didn't know why we liked those things. And then as we were blending them together, we started realizing that. So over, I guess over the last couple of years, like the palate is changing as far as being able to like diagnose and kind of pick out components. But then right. it's true. Like you're, it stop. it starts to like neutralize your palate a little. Like, so certain things don't move it as much as other things. So I really try right. to like, really try to like, continue to drink bourbons, all types of bourbons, all types of whiskeys in order to just keep you in check so that your palate doesn't stay too or become too trained on one part. Does that make sense? Uh, One of the things uh, Lisa Wicker told me from Widow Jane, which, uh, wow, just a wealth of knowledge on bourbon. Uh, She had someone tell her early in her career don't only drink your own juice. Uh, I'm probably butchering that quote, but the point of it was when you only drink your own juice, your taste buds go blind to that juice. So she's constantly drinking everybody else's stuff just so her palate continually grows. And I'm at that point where I've right. What you just said, the, your, your palate gets to places at different times where it almost goes numb. And, and every time my palate goes numb, I have to really go somewhere just to shock the system and get it back to where it's, it's absorbing again. And uh, I, I was just curious to know how you handle that because if it's happening to me and I, I mean, I'm, I'm, don't get me wrong, I'm drinking the juice, but you're drinking the juice constantly. How, how do you keep your palate fresh? Um, like you said, like think, drink, drinking other types of whiskey, other brands, honestly. And oh, I noticed like I had a, I had a bourbon collection when I started, you know, at this and after right. about a year and a half, it was like, I'm not buying other bourbons, but like, I started to realize like, I need to keep the finger on the pulse and, and see what's out there. And so I started getting, getting back into it, even like even the whiskeys and like Japanese whiskeys, right? Um, mm, just to like mm-hmm. see that. I see like the industry though, the bourbon industry is really starting to focus on the malts, I think. I don't know. Um, oh man, have you, have you had, um, do you like the malt? So n- not really, <laughs> to be honest with you. Like I'm not really a, a malted whiskey kind of person. Um, I was always like the weeded and the corn, you know, I like the sweetness and but I'm evolving in that direction. And I, I see it. Totally. I've, I've got something I'll, I'll send you um, offline. I've got something that will, will, it'll blow your mind. Uh, it is, it is heavily malted and it is phenomenal. 
And if, if that's where your palate's trending right now, I, I think you'll, you'll really Absolutely. like it. That'd be great. And I won't say their name on the air just in case if you don't. <laughs> even with our three Nashville's though, it's like, it's endless. I don't know where to stop with it. Cause um, I keep getting surprised by the Nashville's. I don't, I don't, you know, there's, there's um, not inconsistencies, but you just get this broad range of like of profiles that come out of these barrels and I'm right. just starting to identify like, Oh, I'm getting these, this profile a lot. You know, why is it that profile? Where, where are these barrels coming from? Who's the Cooper, you know, things like that. So just in our own mash bills that we use across our four products, it's like the possibilities are endless. <laughs> and like, as right. we're, as oh, we're growing, we were, we're able to like hold, you know, we had six barrels our first batch, but now I have a, I have like 200 barrels to choose from. So it's. Oh my God. Like Willy yeah. Wonka. It's like Willy Wonka and the whiskey factory. Yeah, exactly. Well, see, that I think that's the smartest thing you guys have done. Uh, by partnering with MGP, you were able to go in and get a crash course on what you liked. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, like you had the benefit of going... Uh, I like this. I like this. I like this. And, and, and having somebody from their team, because I mean, they're, they're masters at what they do. And by you guys injecting your personality and combining it with what they were able to help you produce. I mean, good Lord, man, it was, it was literally the smartest move you could have made for, for the beginning of your business. They have some great stuff there. I mean, and we've just scratched the surface. I feel like, you know, we're not, we may, you know, maybe use other juice out there. I don't know. And we've looked into it. We looked into it before we went to MGP, but they just, they have great stuff that's in there. And, you know, yes. our, yes, our job do. is to go find it and bring it out and maybe blend it in a way that we give, we give everybody the best thing out there, I guess that we can, that, so it's like Mike said, we, we just want to put out something that we like and we try to hold each other. That's the, that, that's the key. We try to hold each other true to that. Um, especially as our palates grow. And I think, yep. And I think that sticks true to your narrative as well. Like the, the fact that two, two buddies were able to do this and that two buddies were able to kind of tackle this project and come out on top. It, it, it's, it's really is just a, a, a wonderful, wonderful story for you guys. Uh, thanks. <laughs> It's been a, it's been a wild and, ride, and it's only been two years. <laughs> oh my God! It's only been two years, Danny. Uh, it, 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 this is so good, and and you guys are two years in. Uh, I, I'm I'm talking to people that are at the decade mark. Just just think of where this thing's going to be in eight more years if you guys are already here at year two. Yeah, we're and we're you know we're trying to think in that aspect too. Like, what are we going to do next? You know, we have to. You know, we just want to keep evolving. That's all. That's all we're focused on. We don't want to just say, "Oh, this is our product. That's it." You know, rest, rest yeah, on like, it. Right? No, we're we we're changing. Ever every day, we're changing. So, have you guys thought about uh, building a still at the warehouse, or, or or starting your own? I don't. Or is that too? I don't know. You know, I I would say. I would say no, but I never know what the hell we're doing. <laughs> That's the beauty of it being in, in within two years. Yeah. Like you, you've got 
you've got another three years of figuring out exactly what perfection looks like for you. Right. A year ago, I wouldn't think that we would have had to be sitting here with a DSP right now and, and have, you know, this blending and bottling line set up, but it's just, we realized that, you know, we're doing a lot of testing of cast finishes and things like that. We realized we need to be more hands-on with everything. And, uh, right, right. So we, you know, we're like, Oh, we need to, we need that. We need our facility in New Jersey. So we, we made it happen. Yeah, it, it, it's it's awe inspiring. It, it gives the people listening to this at home. It it, to, it gives me hope that there is a chance for anybody that is wanting to do something if they work hard enough and pay enough attention to it that you can accomplish it. Because that that that's what you guys have done. You had an idea. You did your homework. You had good you had good taste, which I think is key. And, and from there you were able to catapult this brand to 10 States in two years. Yeah. That's insane. <laughs> and maybe I, 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 I can't, I, I, and Canada. Well, not any day now. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh man. Well, I, I will I will preach the good juice from the pulpit, my friend. Uh, you guys are producing some awesome stuff, and I wish you guys nothing but the best in the future because you're both kick-ass guys and you're producing a kick-ass juice. So thank you f- so much for your time oh, today you. and uh, for for all of your 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 patience and everything else that went into this episode. So thank you so it much, was Danny. Fun being here. Thank you so much. All right, everybody, there you have it. That is this week's episode. We want to thank Mike and Danny for coming on and talking Penelope Bourbon with us. Two just amazing guys and and really just uh, so happy for the success that they're having. They wanted to get into the bourbon game and they've gotten into it with both feet and they're just producing some amazing juice. This conversation, it was you know when you're talking to somebody and you know you're having like an organically good time like you'll notice towards the end there michael had to leave we were having such a good time just shooting the shit next thing you know boom we're out of time mike has to leave danny and i finish up but don't worry because right after this he comes back so you kind of get two for one this week you get the original conversation that i have with both michael and danny and then right after this you get some bonus content where michael comes back and we finish our conversation about Penelope Bourbon. It's two for one, baby. So it's a great conversation. I want to thank both of them for being on the show. If you would, please hit subscribe, hit like, go follow us on Instagram, do all the things I ask you to do. Uh, Go listen to Will Jones. He's awesome for providing us with the music you hear in the background. And come back next week for some more Bourbon Showdown podcast. But for right now, we've got some bonus content for you. Here's the rest of my conversation with Michael from Penelope bourbon see you guys next week goodbye everybody goodbye first and foremost the uh i i I did your i i followed your lead we had a uh neighborhood gathering on friday night uh purely safe only people that we've been around etc etc don't email me or text me that i'm being unsafe anybody (laughs) listening to this um and i brought a bottle of the penelope i brought the 95 uh because my wife wanted to keep the 80 here she absolutely loves it um (laughs) 
And it, it was exactly like you said, like everybody gravitates towards it. And even the people that are normally on other spirits, they all tried it and they all really Get liked it. it. It's got, it's so smooth, man. It is so freaking That's smooth. That's so awesome, man. It's the house party favorite. What can you do? Yeah. It, it, everybody mm-hmm. loved it. Uh, and, and then, uh, like you said, the, the next day, perfect. Like there's like it, it, if it can be that smooth and have zero ramifications, <laughs> it's, I mean, you, can you ask for any better freaking review that, I mean, it's, we're, it's perfect. We're actually going after orange juice, actually. We're going after yeah. the orange juice market. Huh? It's actually filled with uh, electrolytes <laughs> and vitamin D. Folks didn't realize that. <laughs> right, right. The uh, uh, Penelope aid. Yeah, Penelope aid. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, man. No, that's awesome though. Good stuff. I always like hearing that. Well, uh, I really did enjoy the barrel strength. It is all of the flavors that you get out of the 80 proof and the 95. It's just heightened. Mm -hmm. It's like you get that rye at the top of it. Like there's a hint of rye right at the front of the palate. And then all of that sweet and creamy comes through. It's just like the 95 only it, 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 it's blown up. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think also from the increased ABV, um, a lot of those, a lot of the four grain flavors that, you know, maybe are, are a little bit tempered or, or more balanced on the 80 proof. They, they really get amplified with the, the increased ABV on the barrel strength. And, you know, we, we, that product's been, been great for us. I mean, it's our, that was our fifth batch. Um, we, we, you know, the first couple were a little rocky. It was a little bit of a different blending process, but I think now we're starting to get into a good rhythm with it. And, um, you know, we're excited. We've already started working on batch six. So batch six, we're hoping to release. This is a big thing right now for us working on this batch six. We're hoping it's out by like end of March. Um, that, so it's going to be, we're working on it right now. And, uh, you know, we're going to try to even have a little fun with it. We might, we may add some new barrels to it to, to almost bring about some of the uh, other grains a little bit more in particular, the malt to see what we can, we can dig up. And uh, now we're looking forward to it. Beautiful. So that's something people should definitely be on the lookout for uh, uh, March, beginning mm-hmm. of April. Keep an eye out for the, uh, the new barrel strength from Penelope. That's right. Yeah, no, it's exciting. And, and at the same time, we'll, we'll do another run of our, our 80 proof as well at the same time. And, uh, yeah, just get them done. I mean, that's a good thing. It's a good uh, running low on inventory. We always kind of view it as a good problem to have. I was going to say that means yeah, it's selling. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome, man. So uh, everybody, you're in a lot of states and the states that you're not in, uh, people, if you're ABC, if you're a control state, go and ask for them. You may be able to special order. Well, yeah, North Carolina, man. We've had a great little run in North Carolina. Um, I did a tasting with the uh, North Carolina Whiskey Hunters group. and Good guys. It was a great tasting we did. And next thing you know, we're, we're running rampant around the Tar Heel State, which has been exciting. Well, beautiful. We're going to keep that <laughs> momentum going because we're, we're going to be touting your juice everywhere. That's awesome. Thank uh, you. It, it was – it's always – it's good for – your whiskey folks to like it, but it's always interesting to me when you broaden the circle and you bring in people that may not be whiskey people. Mm-hmm. And it was a hit with both groups. So the, the sort of 
tried and true folks, they were they liked it a lot. And then the newcomers, they were they were in love with it. So I, I think you've got a great product on your hand right there. If it can appeal to both both cycles. Yeah, no, thank you. I mean, we always view the um, you know, we, I mean, we're bourbon drinkers, so we always want to make a product that we love, uh, which, you know, we hope would resonate with some of the kind of more kind of dedicated bourbon segment, but, you know, really the bigger, you know, for us, the big market, which is, a, you know, a lot bigger than just the bourbon segment is like the wine segment, the, the vodka and some of these other spirits. And, you know, I think it's kind of creating a product portfolio or, or a series of expressions where, you know, uh, you know, giving something for everybody. Right. There's a product kind exactly. of like to, to, to get you into the, the kind of bourbon segment and get you on that journey. And that's how we that's how we've really always viewed our, our portfolio is and our expressions are, you know, trying to make something for for kind of everybody. Beautiful. Well, I mean, I, I think you've done that. You, you've got your 80 for the people coming in, your 95 for the person that's wanting to like day sip. And then you've got your 115 or 116 for the avid drinker who just enjoys it for the taste. Yeah, that's, that's, and that's just kind of what that, that's really from the starting off point, but you know, we're, we're looking at a lot of new expressions right now too. Um, you know, we did a rosé cast finish, which, which we really enjoyed. Um, but we did that last fall nice. as a limited time um, release. And we're, we're looking at doing a second batch <laughs> of that probably hopefully get it out by mid-May, uh, June 1st. Beautiful. What does, what, what kind of uh, finish does the rosé give it? Well, it, so, I mean, it really, what we were trying to get, because we found that 100% Grenache rosé, that, that that's a much sweeter kind of rosé. So, we, we actually found these barrels, these casks from southern France that were used to age 100% Grenache rosé. And there was only a few oh, of them, awesome. but we were able to do kind of a small run of it. And, you know, you get, you're getting a lot, you know, and rosé is traditionally very dry, too, as well. So, you know, it's, it's a really, I, I personally loved it. It's a 95 proof. So it's kind of in that middle, you're going to get a little bit of heat, but it's not going to like, you know, I think what we found when we tested it at barrel strength was that, um, it just burns off a lot of the flavor. The a, increased gotcha, ABV gotcha. was almost too much for a rosé cast finish, which is, uh, you know, rosé is much more subtle than say like a PX sherry or, uh, or, or any of, of those kind of other more traditional wine cast finishes. And so uh, the rosé was interesting, man. You were, I was getting some light strawberries and some floral notes on the forward, you know, in the body. Uh, on the finish, I was even getting a little bit of that dryness, but, but in like a, a balanced way. So it, what I loved about the rosé was that it it really complimented, um, you know, the way I like to explain is, you know, those good humor bars that was like a strawberry, the strawberry shortcake, good humor right. bar? It, it was kind of like that. Yeah. It was like a really good combination of, of, you know, butterscotch and vanilla with, with kind of the oh. dry leather, um, rosé notes. And it just complimented it really, really well. And the feedback that we got from the folks that tried it seemed to really like it. And, uh, yeah, we started working on batch two, which is exciting. And I think the big difference now we're, you know, we're going to always be tinkering it like we do with all of our expressions, batch over batch, try to make it better. But what was really, what's going to be interesting about batch two is that we're, we're really, you know, in France, they'll dump these, you know, they're dumping the wine barrels now in preparation for rosé season this spring. So that's in flight. When we did batch one, we didn't even fill those casts till eight months after they were dumped. So they were starting oh, to get wow. a little bit dry, right? However, yeah, with yeah. these, they're going to only be 60 days, maybe, you know, 75 days from the time it was dumped. So that could have a really big impact on that kind of flavor 
um, just because they're they're kind of fresh from from going you know from from dumping on their own. So we're excited about it. That's awesome. That is, and and I think for all of the ones you could have picked, I, I feel like the rose matches your brand as well. Oh, like, yeah. like it, it, there's nothing about it that contrasts what else you've got going on. Like I thought it was a very smart pairing. Yeah, no, I, I, well, and also too, it was actually my wife's idea. Like she's like, she likes rose and she was like, Oh, what about this? And I said, yeah, I've Perfect. never seen it before. And we always wanted to try to do something new. Cause look, we're a new company. We're, we're small. And I think, uh, I think they're, we, there's the, the, is a, yes, there's a risk reward balance. What's that? Like, it's not like a cost benefit analysis, but it's like a risk reward type scenario. And yeah, I think going down the path of trying something that really ha- I haven't seen it before that was new to the bourbon kind of cast finishing uh, market, I guess you could say was uh, was something that obviously interested us. We're always trying to look for new things that maybe necessarily haven't been out there before. Well, perfect, man. It seems like you guys are doing innovative things and that's that's good to train the consumer because now that when you keep putting new things out there that are consistently good, it teaches them that they can trust you as you continue to do so. Like sometimes if people only do the two expressions that they're known for forever and then they tip their toe into a new expression that people can be like, well, I don't know. I like mm-hmm. these and they'll be hesitant. But you guys are training them from the start to know, nah, man, we're new. We're innovative. We're doing everything under the sun to make good spirits yeah. so keep on trying everything i think it's a smart marketing yeah, approach and, and that too and that you know we're still bootstrapping this so we can't uh, like we couldn't afford just to do a run that that at least the, the, like we felt personally like wow i really like this like everything we put out we right, gotta right. like us personally need to really love we feel like we have a pretty consistent palette with like a pretty broad group of people at the very least and so um that's the other thing. I, I don't think we have this like really robust, like quality assurance. Like we don't have a quality assurance. It's literally just Danny and I like sipping and we like, do we like it? It's like as simple as that, but you know, sometimes that's the best QA you can do. Exactly. Like exactly. I, I do. Okay. Do you like it? Is it? <laughs> yep. Yep. I completely agree. I feel like a lot can be lost in the over examination of something. Sometimes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if it, if it passes the two of you and what else really matters? Because it's it's your juice, you know? That's right, man. That's what I'm saying. All right. Well, I will not keep you any longer. You guys, it has been a blast having you on. Um, I was wondering if, if, if you had to pick, if uh, there was a Mount Rushmore of distillers, who would you put on your Mount Rushmore? <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, that's a great question. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I think, uh, I, I, well, it depends. There's, a, there's some great craft distillers out there that are doing some amazing things. Um, you know, I still think like Buffalo Trace has always been a marquee uh, distiller. I mean, everything they're they're putting out, it's they kind of set set the set the kind of um, set the framework for for a lot of the the craft folks out there, especially on just the kind of operations and how they run their business and how they think about it. Um, I think they would have to be one totally. of the top of the list for sure. Um, outside of that, I mean, heck, I think there's uh, there's the the folks down there in Chattanooga are doing some great stuff. Um, you know, Man, Alan, they're, they're malted rye is Alan awesome. and out the spirits of French Lake are doing some great stuff. Uh, that's, what's exciting. I think there's just a lot of great, um, minds and folks put in, putting a lot of passion into this industry to help keep pushing it forward. So I think, uh, it's all good for, for, you know, not just the craft bourbon market, which we're in, but also just the, the whiskey market in general. 
Agreed. It's just growing it and giving people more options. Uh, I absolutely agree. And the more options you give folks, the broader their palates are going to get. And there's room for everybody. I, I just think it's a wonderful time to be in whiskey right now. Yeah, no, no, no. I, and the good thing is, is we all love drinking it. So it's a win-win. <laughs> it's a winner-winner. Chicken dinner. <laughs> agreed. Agreed. All right, sir. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on the show. Uh, stay dry up north. And uh, I, I, I hope to see you again soon. I, I, our, our paths will cross again. I'm sure of it. Thank you very much. No, we, we love being here. Thank you for everything, Jesse. It's been great. And uh, we're going to try to bury out of this nor'easter. We'll see what happens. <laughs> oh man i do not miss that all we got this weekend was was mud and bored children so i had nothing to oh, shovel man well and if we're ever down in north carolina we'll we'll definitely have to meet up in person for sure yes please and as the road opens back up i'm sure i'll be the southeast is my general uh territory so i'm sure i'll be in a comedy club somewhere near you guys in Count jersey in, man we'll be there in a heartbeat I want to see it. I, I, some of this, I mean, you're a funny guy, man. You're a very funny guy. Well, rock and I roll. like it. Thank you I very much. It, man. Well, keep us posted. We'd love to see you too. Obviously, that'd be great. Most definitely. Have a good rest of your day. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thanks, Jesse.